Hello, you're listening to this week's episode of the Bloody Vegans podcast. You're very welcome to it. My name is Jim, and this is episode three. So today's episode, we're going to be speaking with Sarah Zanelli. So Sarah was probably, I'd say, about the fourth vegan that I'd met in real life. Um, she's one of the uh, founders, uh, co-organizers of the Reading Vegan Festival, uh, and it was through that that I, I met her first. But I've since discovered that um, anything that there is to be done in the world of veganism, Sarah appears to have either done it or is doing it, or more often than not, is organising it. So our discussion centres around the idea of activism. Uh, and I suppose before the conversation, I'd probably thought of activism as, uh, particularly in the world of veganism, as kind of attending a protest, essentially. Um, and throughout the discussion, as you'll hear, um, I certainly had my kind of eyes and ears open to um, really a kind of broader sense of what activism is. So I hope you enjoy the conversation uh, just coming up now. This is me uh, speaking with Sarah Zanelli of Sparkle Vegan Events. So it's really difficult to um, to kind of know where to start with with what you do, Sarah, because you do everything, <laughs> from what I can gather. Do too much, I'm a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. you know, every, everything there is to be done in the world of veganism, you seem to do. So, um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about like how how would you chart your kind of progress, if you like, or your 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 journey <laughs> from not being vegan at all yep. through to where you're at now and, and involved in everything yeah. <laughs> that, I, that I'm aware of to do with veganism. In my life. Uh, well, I suppose my vegan journey started um, when I was at school. So I was um, 14 years old and I was eating my lunch at school, which was a meat dish. Um, and I was with a friend and I was talking about how much I love animals. Um, and then suddenly it just clicked for me how can I say that I love animals if I'm eating their flesh and that animal had gone through a lifetime of torture I knew all about it um, but I just wanted to ignore it because I wanted to carry on eating my meat but I thought no I can't be a hypocrite anymore um, so from then I went pescatarian for one month and then I cut out fish altogether because I was being specious <laughs> why am I still eating fish and then I went vegetarian and I was vegetarian for 10 years um, and then about four years years ago around four years ago then I found out more about the egg and dairy industries and what was going on I went to um, VegFest in London right. um, and went to different talks and I could I just found out things that I didn't even know about about obviously the day old chicks what happens to them about being shredded or drowned alive um, because they're no good at producing eggs um, and obviously the same thing has sort of happens in the dairy industry with the calves being taken away from the mother cows and I never knew about that and I was yeah. shocked to be honest because I thought I was doing everything that I could do with being veggie um so then i went vegan on a month challenge it was an animal aid month challenge um and i thought okay let's try it because i am a bit of a strange vegan in the fact that i don't like salads right <laughs> and vegetables and things very much <laughs> um so i thought this is going to be really tricky yeah. but i tried it and i found loads of different products so things like v bites fries obviously the corn vegan versions um and i thought this is a lot easier than I thought it would be and I carried on and I haven't looked back since and it's the best decision I think I've ever made um and I suppose it's for the journey that I've come on here I um volunteered for Reading Vegan Festival um so was on the organizing committee and I was doing different um jobs I was working in the events industry and um I after that I worked for a animal rights charity as their fundraising manager and then the contract of that ended and I thought okay what do I want to do with my life um but I love events and event management event organization and I wanted to have a 
job that really fit in with my ethics. I thought, how can I combine events and veganism? And I thought, yeah. there we go, a vegan events business. Yeah. Um, so I came up with Sparkle Vegan Events and we launched earlier this year. Um, so we look after a wide range of events, obviously Reading Vegan Festival, which is the annual event each September. Uh, just launched um, Working in Vegan Markets, which the first event happened last month. Well, this month, we're still on October yeah, <laughs> this month. Just. Um, so that takes place on the second Sunday of each month. We are also launching um, Vegan Fiesta in Basingstoke, okay. which will be the first Sunday of each month. And so that's launching in January. And we've got Woodley Vegan Market launching in March, which will be the third Sunday of each month. So my Sundays are going to be very, very busy. Yeah, <laughs> with lots of events. But for me, because obviously I learned more about veganism through a vegan event, I think it's just a great way for to raise awareness of veganism so people who are vegan curious or um, people just footfall really of, of meat eaters to learn more about veganism and that it's not as scary as people might think yeah. so to learn more about the different of food um, the lifestyle obviously clothing cruelty free um, but also the different motivations whether it's environmental animals like myself um, or health reasons so to find out about all of those things and also build a community for vegans so to yeah. be, for vegans to get together and come to the events and be able to have a place where they feel, feel free and happy to be able to purchase and talk to other vegans um, without worrying about that their food has been contaminated with meat or dairy products um, so that's what I really wanted to do so have events for vegans and non-vegans and you've been quite active active in the world of activism right mm -hmm. so you've 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 done your fair bit in that in that sort of sphere as well yes yeah but talk us a little bit through that, that kind activism of so i've in. done a wide range of different things so i've done earthlings experiences um it's obviously going out on on the street um i've taken part in different protests um obviously always the animal rights march in london is the biggest one but lots of other different protests and um obviously sharing um petitions having conversations I've been going on different radio shows other than the one that I do myself, yeah. Utopia. Um, I've been on um, BBC Radio Berkshire speaking about veganism. Um, I've it's sort of just seeing where <laughs> you can yeah. you can raise awareness as much as possible um, in different ways. Um, doing part in vigils. One thing I haven't done yet is actually um, go and do um, a save. So go outside to slaughterhouse. And that's one thing I haven't done yet. It is on my list to do. I think for me, obviously, it would be extremely emotional to see the the animals going in to their horrific deaths. Um, but I think it's something that I want to do, and I think it's important for me to do because it's mm. really for me to actually see the animals themselves will fuel my motivation, give yeah. me a really big push. Yes, this is why I'm doing it. It will also help when I'm having conversations, trying to promote veganism, that I've seen the fear in their eyes. I've, I've seen them and obviously trying to provide them with a tiny bit of comfort before they go to, to their horrific end. Um, so that's on my list. That's the one thing yeah. I haven't done yet. <laughs> yeah. So the... That, that that journey there seems really kind of quite smooth. Was it was it that smooth or was there definitely like um, you getting involved in, in events before you kind of decided to start organising them? Like how long was that period of time before yeah. you thought, actually, I could organise this better? <laughs> <laughs> Not that you necessarily thought that. Um, it, was, it was fairly smooth. It's strange thinking about it really. Because yeah. I think something that I found really, really unexpectedly was the vegan community and how welcoming and accepting right. it was. I think that's something that really, really helped me transition is, um, as I said, I was doing it with the, the Animal Aid Challenge. So Animal Aid themselves are very supportive. I'm okay. actually now an Animal Aid uh, school speaker. Oh yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> 
do. That's another thing you do. Um, so yeah, I go into schools, primary and secondary, and speak about general animal welfare. Obviously, you can get more detailed the the um, older the kids are, um, and I also do um, with um, animal equality. They have their eye animal campaign with the virtual reality glasses, yeah. um, where you follow a animal's journey through their life and to death. Um, that I've been in factory farms, um, so I've done that um, activism as well. But like I say, I think with the support of um, Animal Aid at the start and then now the local vegan community, it's been made the transition a lot easier. And yeah. with that support, it's been able to take part in local events that have been going on. So linking up with local groups to be able to go to their events and then uh, obviously linking up with Reading Vegan Festival when it first launched um, was a team of local vegans and that's really where it started in that transitioning and then when I thought about launching Sparkle Vegan events the main motivation for me really was the fact will I have the support of yeah. vegans in the local area so looking at doing events in sort of Berkshire and surrounding areas because there's obviously no point me doing this unless I have the support of local yeah. vegans will they share the event will they come to the event will they tell their friends about it and encourage their wider community and I thought confidently that they will and it's proved to be the point so far so good yeah so far so good that that people have really been really supportive um came along and it's really nice to see familiar faces yeah. at the events they come up to me to say hi and it's just great to see people who are local vegans and they maybe brought along their partner or friends or family who aren't necessarily vegan and obviously it's an yeah. opportunity for them to to learn more um so that support has been crucial really yeah. in the journey to make it as smooth as possible yeah absolutely well it's, yeah it just seems like yeah it's, it's an incredible amount of work to to take on and then you describe it so um so effortlessly <laughs> like, um so yeah it's, it's just amazing to to hear the, the reading vegan festivals specifically yeah. so you've you've been involved in that for it's been going around for what three years three years yeah so the third um ever festival took um place this september just gone okay and and how have you seen it develop over those three years does it does it feel like it's kind of growing exponentially right now I think the main difference is it's got a name for itself now. So yeah. at the beginning, it was trying to put the name out there. Um, there was obviously a lot of excitement because it's the first big vegan event that's happening in sure. the town. Um, but I think over time, it's really helped that I've been to events, say, in Brighton, speaking with traders, and they say, oh, I've heard of Reading Vegan Festival. I've heard really? great things. Wow. And that's amazing. That is obviously spread out wider in the community. Um, that's obviously made it easier <laughs> to find traders and yeah. to find speakers and things like that because it's got a reputation now, a good reputation. Yeah. Um, so people want to be a part of it. Um, in terms of the committee, it's got smaller because I think obviously people have seen the massive time commitment it does take in, in running a festival. Yeah. Um, so now on the team as well as, my, as myself, um, there's th three others on the committee. Um, so we all do different different roles. Um, but we started with 10. Right, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's gone down a fair, a fair amount. Yeah. Um, but those people, obviously, even though that they're not on the committee, they're still very, very supportive of the event. So still come along and still thinks that, yeah, every bits of support in terms of sharing the event on social media and telling their friends and family about it is all support. Um, but it's definitely grown year from year. Uh, we have around two and a half thousand people turn up each year. That hasn't really dropped. Dropped a tiny bit last year because of the pouring rain. Yeah. <laughs> but even, even that didn't drop um, dramatically. It was probably nearer two thousand um but yeah hopefully going strength to strength and uh, the media have been more interested as well so always in the run-up to the festival i've been speaking with thames valley tv bbc radio berkshire local newspapers and magazines so they've really latched on i think they obviously they can see the massive rise in veganism yeah. and the demand for vegan events so they want to be a part of that yeah have you throughout your journey either mm. through the vegan festival or, or some of the other activism you've been involved in um particularly events you've been creating mm. have you felt any resistance like either from 
you know, it might be town councils or, or mm. kind of other other businesses locally. Or you yeah. know, have you have you felt any of that kind of resistance, or is it generally quite it's, welcoming? Yeah, it's been generally quite positive. I think you will always get <laughs> some sort of resistance from people um, who see a vegan event going on in their town if they're particularly anti-vegan. So there's always when I share a post about either the festival or working vegan market, there's someone on their saying oh I'm enjoying my steak and posting a, a right. meme about <laughs> anti-veganism <laughs> yeah. so there will always be something like that but I, I kind of like that response because it gives me a chance to then reply saying you know come along and see what you think it may be um, not what you think or if they say oh vegans are so skinny and, um, and weak then obviously it gives me a chance to link to I don't know a documentary like the game changers or something yeah, like that sure. it actually opens up that conversation and it enables me to be able to respond to it um, but all in all responses have been really really positive I think one thing with Woking and Vegan Market is it's the town council approached me to help oh, wow. run it which is That's very unusual really cool. yeah. <laughs> but really cool and same with um, with Basingstoke Festival Place approached me um, so I think it's these big organisations who have seen the demand of veganism in their towns yeah. so they're reaching out to, to me as and obviously a vegan event planner they want to be able to offer something to their community or their shoppers or whoever it may be um, so that's that's brilliant obviously with Reading we've organised it from scratch so yeah. um, but I mean the council they're obviously happy for us to have it I think it obviously offers something for the town of Reading um, which they're pleased to see um, but no vast vast majority have been very very positive yeah no, that's, re that's really cool like within the community itself do you feel like you like as you've organised these events, it's been a bit of a learning curve for you. Like in terms of so just sharing my my sort of experience of it. Like Reading Vegan Fest Festival was one of the well, was probably the first vegan event I'd been to, and I was I was kind of bowled over by how many different viewpoints there were. Hence, hence the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Have you been on a bit of a learning journey mm -hmm. with that too? Is, has there been any kind of eye opening moments for you? I, th I think it has been with the the vegan community the local one is very very wide and i think it's i think one thing that i've noticed is we may have all differing views on different things whether it comes to other movements like i don't, know, I don't want to get into the details of yeah. different movements but they may all have sort of differing views on um different things but at the end of the day we're all there for the same cause right. we're there for, for to promote veganism we want to see a vegan world whether that is because people can see um, obviously the animal suffering that goes on they can see the environmental impact they can see the impact on their own personal health or they can see that it might not align with their values of feminism so obviously if they're a feminist then they see the anti-feminism that's going on in veganism so they turn to veganism whatever the journey is that different people are going on and whatever their motivations and reasons are at the end of the day the end goal is all the same um so i think that's something that hopefully and i think i've seen it actually in with vegan events like the festival and the markets it's all of those different routes of different types of vegans all coming together yeah. and celebrating veganism for what it is really um but it's been a learning curve i think i've always enjoyed meeting different people having different conversations obviously as you do yeah, with, it, with yeah. the podcast um so I, I think it's been eye-opening and it's been a learning curve for me but it's also helped me with gaining um different pieces of knowledge really so when in terms of activism for example, with when I my school speaker work with Animal Aid or with my activism with animal equality, um, with their I Animal campaign, I always try and work out what that person's strongest motivation could be. Um, and I think having conversations with people with different motivations it's helped me angle my arguments slightly different to yeah. people. Um, and they're more likely to listen to you if you, they're if you're open to hearing their viewpoints so obviously my main reason is of the animal side of it so animal rights animal welfare the ethical side but there's no point me speaking to someone about that who that may not be 
their concern. If, but they might be really, really concerned about the environment. They might have, obviously, try and live as plastic-free and, and, and um, saving water as possible. And obviously, the biggest thing that you can do for the environment is go vegan. So it's enabled me to have more arguments, more details, more facts to be able to sort of give them a little nudge <laughs> plant yeah. some seeds really for them to think um that if they want to live in this way that's the best way to do it so it has has helped me with that it's been an education for me <laughs> yeah definitely well it well it is every t- every time i speak to somebody with any kind of uh, you know different vegan view it's by the end of it i kind of go away with with some piece of knowledge that I just hadn't thought of before so yeah totally share that with you Mm. I'm really intrigued by the the school piece of work yes yeah so going into schools like how Mm. how's that must it sounds daunting (laughs) (laughs) it sounded daunting to me at the beginning (laughs) but I've been pleasantly surprised I think I've done so with the primary work that I do obviously Kids are inherently kind, (laughs) so they understand, I mean, the the topic of the talk that I I go through with them is called Animal Kind, so it's about being um, kind to to animals, so for example, if they see a pigeon on on the road, don't chase it, don't scare it, it's as scared as as you would be if somebody started chasing you around, Um, things like not shouting or at your, if you've got a pet dog who maybe is naughty don't shout at them don't hit them don't things like that so it's it's sort of like the gentle steps when it comes to primary and they're very very open to it and um they have so many questions as you can imagine all kids have loads and loads of questions um so that's it's not daunting really going into primary schools with secondary i was a little bit more anxious obviously because they have more opinions but i've been very very pleasantly surprised i've been um particularly when i speak about general animal welfare then it's talking about um obviously the touching upon the meat industry um the fur trade animal testing is a big one that we discuss and they really, really listen. I think when I take um, Q, Q&A at the end, they remember the facts that I've spoken to them mm. about. So they really, you wow. can see that they're really paying attention and they're interested. And the number of, of kids at the end of talks that come up to me, because I normally give out some vegan chocolates or sweets yeah. at the end, so yeah. they come up to collect it and some information booklets. And they say, wow, I'm going to be trying um, to go vegan. Or my friend's vegan, so I'm going to speak yeah. to her and see what I can do. Or asking me about how they can um, find out more about cruelty-free products, whatever it may be. They seem to be really open to it because I think it's the age where they want to learn. This is the yeah. age where it's the best time to plant seeds in them because they're learning more about themselves and the world that they live in and how they want to grow up in, in what world yeah. they want to grow up in. Um, so. I've really, really enjoyed it, and I think it's a great form of activism. Yeah, and I suppose depending on what age, potentially even starting to test what they've been told, mm. starting to test the, the, you know, the accepted norm that they've been brought up with. In all, you know, we, we all kind of try and rebel, don't we? When yes. We're yeah. In those teenage years, mm. so I can imagine like there's probably some people who, who kind of almost see this as. Um, not necessarily as an act of rebellion, but a, an area of their life that mm. is major that they perhaps they should be challenging. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. And I think it's having someone like myself going in. Obviously, there's other school speakers as well, but someone who's not their teacher, not their parent, yeah. telling them these things. Obviously, if, if it was their teacher or their parent, they may be slightly more reluctant to, to listen. Yeah. But when there's somebody external coming in, and obviously I try and do an approach that as is as... as open and and welcoming as possible so you know don't be afraid to ask any question at all and try not to push the information down their throats but just presenting the information and then them to make their own decisions um then i think they've definitely been more open to to that way i'm intrigued that and kind of pleasantly surprised that that schools are open Mm. to somebody coming in to talk about that kind of subject 
Yeah. Is that is it something that you have to kind of push hard to to kind of get an invite to? It's I mean it you don't have to push that hard actually because it's it tends to be animal aid themselves send out letters to all the schools sure. in the local area sure. and then anyone who actually answers it then they get mm. allocated to a school speaker. So I cover um, Reading and the surrounding areas um, and I've obviously had quite a few invites to go into to schools. It depends. I mean, ones I have done, it tends to be one of the teachers is vegan, so right. they've okay. maybe have uh, encouraged it, or they might have a vegan student or more than one vegan student, so they obviously want to have that awareness with the other children as well as to why why this um, child is, is vegan and to learn more about their lifestyle. Um, but there's different ways of doing it because there's some... I tend to do sort of the um, PSHE general studies, sure. um, yeah. school assemblies, um, yeah. so sort of the general talks. But they also can request ones for food technology. So sure. when you go in, then you talk about more about the vegan diet and that's part of their right. curriculum. Okay. Um, and yeah, so it's different angles, but I, I've been happy that I've been welcomed when I've gone yeah. into schools. Um, there's been no pitchforks <laughs> chasing me out of schools at all. They've been very open and willing. And I think it's because they can see obviously that the massive rise of veganism and schools want to be as inclusive as possible yeah. um, when they can see that their students and families and local people are turning to, to veganism and um, being more more aware it's just raising awareness really yeah. so I think schools are happy to do that no, so, yeah yeah I think uh, I'm, I'm really pleased I'm a lot pleasantly surprised that, that so many schools are in that space mm. I just wouldn't have assumed that they, they perhaps would yeah. have been well, so m- really, maybe some of them aren't if they don't reply to the, no, that's to the true. invitation that's to have true. a school speaker I suppose you, yeah um, so it's by the fact that you're kind of there that's sort of that they've mm. already gone a little bit further down that road yes so. yeah yeah no, that's really cool so another string to your bow is you run a a, a vegan radio show yes which I've, I've <laughs> which just, just the, been on the pleasure to have been on <laughs> yeah. which is really cool how, how did you get into that yeah. how did you get this radio station to agree to so, um, running a the, vegan show yeah. <laughs> well the radio station were looking for presenters and i thought yes let's put my hat uh, my name in the hat and obviously i said that i want to do a vegan hour um i think one thing that I've been obviously encouraged to be is to not be too strong <laughs> on the <laughs> argument. Um, so trying to have, um, don't be too too um, tough on, on different topics. Um, but I think it's important to be at some time. So obviously the um, students at Reading College listen to it. It's also available online. So I have a lot of um, listeners here and abroad, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, okay. um, but I thought it's a great way like you have with the podcast is invite different people on yeah. to hear their different points of view um and i always try and play music um by vegan artists as well so people can see that oh wow i didn't know that <laughs> jesse J was vegan i yeah. didn't know um that will i am was vegan so people that uh young young people and other people may be fans of um that they didn't realize that the, the people yeah. that they were um supporting were vegans and that might obviously be a way to encourage them if if they can see that yeah celebs are following it so let's have a look into this a bit more so I'd always try each week so it's on um, Wednesdays at 11am I always try and do a different topic each time so um, speaking about whether it can be about the different like we've spoken about different reasons people become vegan um obviously more about the vegan lifestyle um did a piece about um vegan books and vegan reads uh, so i try and do a mixture each time um really but i think it's it's a great way for me to to learn what i'm learning more all the time because obviously i have to research before each show yeah um so i'm learning that way and then obviously when guests come on as well then i'm learning from them so yeah. it's been i think it's important as a vegan to to get as much knowledge as you can so when obviously people talk to you then you're able to say oh that's a really good question i had a guest on last week and and this is what they said about it yeah. rather than it always coming from from just me um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and uh, just another uh, like uh, another kind of cooler angle, if you like, to speak mm. to speak to people about the subject, mm. and, th- and that sort of brings me on to this. Uh, as I'm kind of as we've kind of talked today, like I'm getting a, a real sense of like 
perhaps challenging perhaps my view of what I perhaps considered activism to mm. be. So I think the perception I'd had is that activism is going out to protest. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. animal rebellion. Like and I love those guys doing an amazing job. Mm. That's but it sort of strikes me perhaps that that's one angle mm. that you can take and one of many and yeah. that you don't necessarily need to pick one either. You, no. like it's, it sounds to me like the fact that you're involved in everything is because you've you're approaching activism in a million different ways. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Do you think that's probably fair to say? I think definitely. I think it's when you say the word activism, it can scare some people away because, like, you think there can be um, massive protests, which obviously most of the time are very, very peaceful, but people yeah. may have a, yeah, an image in their perception. head of being arrested and <laughs> taken yeah. away by yeah. police. Um, so there's so many different forms of activism. Even just having a conversation with your mum over dinner, saying if if they're not um, uh, vegan then obviously just saying to, to them about veganism and the reasons why that's activism having any sort of conversation with, with anyone really about the reasons why your motivations what their motivations may be um, and obviously the end goal of creating a vegan world um, then there's so many different forms of activism and like you say you don't have to choose one there's mm. no strict rule book where, yeah, where yeah. you come vegan now you have to do all the different types of activism yeah. obviously I've done that because I think it's it's great to try different things and what works well and I think with um, like I said with the school speaker it's approaching a different audience, so the younger audience with the um, I Animal campaign. It's um, approaching non-vegans that come to events. With the events, it's offering an opportunity for people walking past to find out more, um, and or, or obviously seeking out events to come to. Um, and with the Earthlings, then it's going out on the street, so speaking with people on the street about it, and protests. It's marching in solidarity to show people that we are a movement so there's so many different forms of activism you don't have to pick one you can pick all you can pick one you can pick two whatever yeah. you feel most comfortable with really but i think it's important just to try different ones and see what works for you yeah so the the the, the vegan markets mm. the running vegan festival all of them have um there's sort of an element of like a commercial element to mm -hmm. them which in its own ways like activism the, the idea of people kind of buying things yes yeah yeah do, how do you see that route like to to kind of getting us to this place of like a vegan world do you, do you think that's quite a critical route I, I think so i think more and more companies are seeing the vegan pound <laughs> right and it's not necessarily a bad thing because obviously they're trying to adapt say their menus to offering more vegan options because they know that there's the demand for it um and supporting vegan businesses so one thing that we do at reading vegan festival um, for that event we only accept applications from 100 percent vegan businesses because what we really want to do f for the festival is to support local ethical businesses so people can see that that there is that support there for vegan companies um, and so just support them so people can be more likely think hang on a minute I want to open a business or a company let's make it a vegan one because there's the demand there for yeah. it um, it will pay the bills <laughs> which everyone needs to do anyway um, but so for that's what we do for that event and for the other events obviously we open out to everyone as long as everything that they're selling and promoting is 100% vegan so we've worked with different traders. Um, so for Woking, I've worked with the different caterers and some of the other um, ones selling different products. And it's been an education for them as well. So speaking, for example, one of the skincare ones, explaining why um, bee pollen isn't vegan so that's right. been, and they've really appreciated that that information and uh working with the the caterers to um, say how they can possibly adapt their their recipes their ingredients to make it um, plant-based so it's educating non-vegan companies to see that there is that demand for vegan if they adapt things it's small small adaptations and they've 
expanded their market massively um, because even though we say make it vegan that doesn't mean meat eaters can't eat it of course they can eat it then it means that loads more people can eat it if it's a vegan um, product so yeah it's supporting vegan businesses and it's supporting non-vegan businesses to go vegan (laughs) yeah yeah no it makes sense and I I kind of um I was discussing this on um, it's actually a future episode of the podcast with mm. somebody else actually about the idea of um, I, I would consider my view on the kind of where we are you know as a as a sort of species if you like and where we are from a planetary point of view and so on I, I, I feel relatively uh, there's a degree of caution here but optimistic and I feel a li- I feel a degree of optimism at the moment because I can see this like the vegan pound as you describe yeah. it because I can see companies understanding working out how to monetize things mm. and that kind of fills me with a little bit of optimism how how do you feel about that generally mm-hmm. do you, do you feel optimistic I do I think it's it's companies particularly ones that you never thought would go in the vegan direction so obviously one big example is Greg's with the vegan sausage roll a very meat based um, company um, with all the products that they, they do and it's the biggest success that they've ever had is the vegan sausage roll and that's encouraged them to be able to bring out more vegan products possibly having fully vegan branches and that would have never happened if they didn't Mm. see that there is a vegan pound and it's the proof is in the pudding they can see that there is a massive demand for it and I think we should support um, non-vegan businesses in terms of buying their vegan products when they bring something out. So with restaurants, obviously more and more of them have vegan options, vegan whole menus, a lot of them now. Um, So going there, but making a point that you are ordering from the vegan menu, going onto their social media and saying, I've had this vegan dish um, and it was was great. Please bring out more things because I think when more and more companies can see that, the more and more that they would reduce on their meat products if they can see that's not selling as well. Sure. Um, one example is IKEA that I've heard for Christmas. Um, they're going to have an almost meat-free menu because they can see that demand for veganism. They see, obviously, it's more healthy, more environmentally friendly, and that's what they want to show that that's what their company is um a very ethical company that's what they're trying to promote um but it helps the fact that obviously they're cutting down on on meat on their menu then uh, customers can see that the rise in veganism if it's had that impact on such a massive company and the company can see that it will be a success um so that encourage them to do that for future events and future menus yeah and where do you stand with like so there's obviously as we talked about there's loads of different um different types different variants on on kind of activism and there's an argument particularly around um you know perhaps in the press at the moment that um certain kind of level certain types of activism are disruptive to uh to society and so on and so forth and it sort of prevent i've experienced anyway a little bit of almost um uh, overt resistance to the idea of veganism because you're kind of labelled in that that group who the are extremists, yeah, who yeah. are being extreme. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think that being extreme, given the um, given the situation, if we're talking specifically mm-hmm. uh, extinction rebellion, animal rebellion, although we can all point to specific actions and say, well, I wouldn't actually line up with that particular thing. Yeah. But on the whole, mm-hmm. non-violent direct action, I don't necessarily have a have a problem with. But it, there's definitely an element of uh, certain aspects of the press, like painting that in a certain way. Mm. Um, and do you think that kind of that kind of activism, therefore, has the potential to get in the way of that kind of um, that commercial snowballing, mm-hmm. if you like, that we just talked yes, about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a tricky one because obviously, as we said, there's so many different types of activism, and I'm I'm not one to say this is right and that's wrong um, because I think some organisations that may be controversial for example Animal Liberation Front it's a very controversial organisation but they do some amazing work the way that they 
can obviously it's illegal so I may not do it myself but I admire the fact that they can go into animal testing labs and, and free the animals and they do some incredible work but obviously it can be deemed in the press as being extreme um, but I think I think every sort of form of activism plays to different people. Sure. Um, so with the softly, softly approach appeals to some and then the hard one can appeal to others. So I think having a wide spectrum of different types of activism is positive because it plays to different people who are who are listening to it. Um, but I think with in terms of the commercial side of it, I don't think it would put them off because there's still, I think the money is in the facts they can see how veganism is rising no matter how people have become vegan so what form of activism may have spoken to them even online activism is a massive one as as well um, that they may have seen a documentary or a post or whatever it may be or it can be more uh, direct forms of activism that may have encouraged them but the commercial I don't think they would see that they just see there's a vegan they need to be fed (laughs) they need to be clothed they need to (laughs) have their products um and how can we best cater for them um for for them to have obviously the financial gain that that brings so i don't think anything really is detrimental to that commercial side do you think it's sort of flipping it round a little then it's it's sort of incumbent upon us as 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 a vegan community if you Mm. like to therefore be accepting of all of those different types Mm. because you know i I've, as I've gone through the journey, started to pick up some resistance yeah. between different vegan groups mm-hmm. and perhaps a little bit of less accepting of certain mm-hmm. types. I don't particularly like the way they go about this or I wouldn't associate yeah. with that company or so on and so forth or that charity or whatever. Do you think it's incumbent upon us to be as open to that as possible mm-hmm. given that, that premise that the more types of activism Mm -mm. the more potential touch points we have yeah i definitely i think it's like what we said it's we're all fighting towards the same goal Mm. so it's not for us to say they're doing it wrong they're doing it right unless obviously something that they're doing is completely (laughs) non-vegan then of course then you can say um but as I said, we're all fighting towards that end goal. We want to create a vegan world that's better for the animals, the environment, us, um, and and any other motivations. Um, so I don't think it should be us spending time fighting against each other. So vegan yeah. upon vegan. I'm not saying we should spend our time fighting against meat eaters, but it's spending our time in the best possible way of of educating and raising awareness um, with yeah. with meat eaters. And the same thing as with um there's been a lot of um things with vegans anti-vegetarians i don't think we should be anti them they are on their journey like i said i was vegetarian for 10 years before going vegan i was on my own journey so instead of saying that you can't um say that you love animals because you're vegetarian and trying to cause an argument with someone it's saying oh did you know that this happens with the egg and dairy industry isn't it surprising i know i never knew myself so it's having those conversations with people rather than being against them (laughs) it's sort of being open to to saying that i'm a nice person have a conversation with me i've been through these experiences myself um and it's it's going there from like you say from from your own experience speaking with people and then experience that you've learned through your own journey that you've learned from people that you've met um so having learning things from your different guests um and using that to to speak and educate raise awareness rather than being against people yeah no i i I completely agree like as much as i might try and (laughs) try and stay a bit impartial but Mm. in these sort of podcasts i do think there's there's a bit for me around um, the more open you are and accepting probably the the better chance mm. you have of helping somebody say who is vegetarian the more likely they That's are to, to take that that next Mm-mm. step or somebody you know I was talking to somebody about this the other day about like um you know you know somebody is you hear it a lot don't you like I couldn't I couldn't be vegan because I couldn't I could never give up cheese yep. yeah and like classic one yeah like, <laughs> yeah. and you kind of want to say well you could mm. like yeah. <laughs> cheese is not is not eating it's not going to kill mm. you like you'll be fine um there's part of me that wants to like, 
<laughs> yeah. like battle. Yeah, and then there's another part of me that thinks, do you know what? If 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 what they kind of get the conclusion they draw is that I will give up everything but cheese, then that's a start. That's yeah, that's a yeah, really good no, place. In fact, it's quite far down the mm-hmm. journey. Um, and eventually they may get there. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? it. I think it's it's encouraging small steps it can be, or you can it's encouraging both ways. Some people might be open and um, in the right place to go like you did straight from meat eater to vegan, but there may be other ones that obviously have a longer journey like myself. <laughs> 10 years is quite a long yeah. time to have that journey. Um, but I think it's just being encouraging. Obviously something is better than nothing. So even with these meat-free Mondays and things like that, yeah. cutting down, um, then every little helps really obviously we want to work towards veganism as much as possible so like you said with a vegetarian who says um, that they can't give up cheese then rather than you know saying well that that's awful it's it's trying to be as open as possible with saying like oh i felt exactly the same way when i was vegetarian that was the one thing that i thought i could never give up but did you know that you can get some great vegan cheeses from here and have you tried this one or um you can make your own with this it's it's sort of giving that options and being open and um i think when you use your own personal experience with activism Mm. then people are more open think oh she had a problem with cheese but she doesn't eat anything now so they're obviously there's it's a way of doing it yeah <laughs> um so it's being encouraging as yeah, encouraging as possible and, and i think you, you you probably have to recognize that we all none of us are infallible like mm. I, I would imagine if anyone were to take a look at every single aspect of mm. probably both of our lives yeah they'd probably say well you shouldn't do that really because that company invests in this that's it and that yeah. that is destructive to mm. this part of the environment and mm. And I'd like to think, like, once I found that information out, I would do something about that. Yeah. But it, I'm certainly not, like, impervious to the idea that I probably don't... I don't know all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's probably stuff I am doing, yeah. you it. know. But obviously the definition of veganism is to live in a way that as is as vegan as possible. So yeah. causing the least harm to animals as physically possible. But there's obviously things that we can't avoid i mean there's animal products in everything from cars to phones to whatever it may be um so it's it's really doing your best with what you can do obviously cutting out meat and dairy and eggs from your diet is a fairly easy step to to make um not buying fur and leather again a fairly easy step to make um so it's doing what you can yeah yeah, no, I'd agree. I think it's um, that that definition piece that you mm. talk about there. I think isn't necessarily a widely used definition. Yeah, maybe even in the vegan community, mm. sometimes from what I've seen, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a widely used. It's kind of like a binary sometimes. Yeah, you yeah, either yeah. are you are or you aren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think that's either practicable in the main. Mm-hmm or probably helpful yes yeah yeah i think one thing for me with in terms of the definition as we say it's doing as as far as practically and possibly um possible um but one thing that i don't like is um misdescribing things so for example if someone goes to a restaurant and says i'm i'm vegan and then when they get their food say oh can i have some parmesan on this then obviously that confuses the 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 world really so the the servers um, obviously the companies the people with them anybody else in the restaurant for example says that oh hang on a minute sometimes vegans eat cheese and then that obviously makes it difficult for us who who are vegan going to places and then they have um, the the wrong definition and um, they think that oh you're vegan oh do you want some parmesan on because I thought vegans eat parmesan and obviously that makes it difficult to be able to order things confidently (laughs) if they've had the the wrong description the wrong definition um so i think that's just one thing to be wary of is if for for example if you um have a vegan diet but you still buy fur and leather don't call yourself vegan you are plant-based so i think it's using the, the definitions as correctly as possible I agree. Um, to, yeah. to not cause confusion um, for something that is already 
some people aren't um, aware of of the definition of veganism and what it involves so it's to not confuse that topic even more <laughs> then, yeah. then it should be confusing yeah no I, I totally agree I think all of it from as we've just as we've just talked about mm. I think all of it um, uh, is supported by discussion mm. if you like the more we can talk about it out loud the sort of almost the better I think the, the clearer we can define mm. things for ourselves and also for companies and mm. uh, people who work in restaurants even yes, or yeah, you know yeah. whoever like I think the more we sort of talk out loud about it the the better mm. but yeah totally totally agree mm. with you I think it's um, that can be really really sort of challenging confusing for everybody yeah. sometimes mm. when there's um, perhaps a misunderstanding of Mm-mm. of what the 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 purity of the as as close to purity as you can get the message is yes yeah yeah um but it's but it also has this nuance this caveat that you probably are going to find it very difficult to be complete completely remove yourself from every product Mm -mm. um although we absolutely try in every in every sort of move we make like So yeah, it's it's a really difficult one, Mm-mm. isn't it? Mm-mm. It is difficult, yeah. But it's it's yeah, it's trying to educate and raise awareness as much as possible. Yeah. And I think that definition is obviously important. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd <laughs> part agree. of that. Really. I'd agree. So where can we um, where can we go, come to one of your next events? I think you mentioned is it Woking Vegan? Yeah, so market Woking Vegan Market one. is the next one. So yep. um, that's next on on the tenth of November. Yeah. Um, so that's on Marketplace, right next to Wokingham Town Hall. Um, so we'll have over twenty stalls um, selling wide range of vegan goods from Very hot cool. food, skincare, cakes, anything that you can think of. Um, and we also have live music and uh, children's entertainment as well. So trying to make it a really nice family friendly event uh, where everyone is welcome um, to attend so completely free entry so that's the next one uh, that's coming up amazing and we can hear you and your your vegan radio show on blast 1386 blast 1386 that's right so you can listen to it on tune in or it's uploaded on uh, mixcloud and i'll put the link on uh, the website which is sparkleveganevents.com Excellent. And we can find you on all the socials as you well. You can. Right? I'm, <laughs> I'm running lots of different social media <laughs> platforms, but I'm on uh, yeah, Sparkle Vegan Events um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Sparkle Vegan on Twitter. Amazing. And if anyone wants a vegan event running, yeah, you're please, the person to go please to. Please come to me. As I say, we do <laughs> the public events, so more the festivals, fairs, and markets, um, but also do special events and private events as well. So, yeah, if you've got anything in mind, please come to us. Amazing. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks no, for your time. Thank you for having me.